see you there. Something big is going on here. From hunting ghosts to Bigfoot, paranormal, UFOs, true crime, and more. We won't just be spouting articles. I was researching for your entertainment. The beginning of a new world. <laughs> the best guac you'll ever fucking eat. True story. It's basically like one day you walk outside and you see that the ants are playing with matches. This, this is, is the Black Cat Report. See you on the other side. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 7 of the Black Cat Report. Today we've got a full house of kitty lovers joining us. Sitting across from me is Betsabe. Hello. Joey. Ew. Selena. Hello. And joining us in studio is the owners and runners of Binx's Home for Black Cats here in Asheville. Hi. Hello. <laughs> and that is Hannah and Sean. How are y'all doing today? Doing great. How are you guys? Pretty good, pretty good. Pretty yeah. stoked about this. We are too. I've been looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Trying to figure out what, what this Black Cat report is, actually. <laughs> it's a growing call. I mean, group of people who yeah, love Black Cats. What did you say? <laughs> I said uh, collective of people. <laughs> it's a yoga collective. <clears throat> um, well, awesome. Uh, well, in honor of National Black Cat Appreciation Day on August 17th, and... Binx's Home for Black Cats, we've prepared a special episode this evening. We're going to be covering the fascinating history of the black cat, the folklore behind them being good luck, and their unfair fall from grace. I'm so excited. It's fairly well known that the ancient Egyptians loved themselves some kitty cats, and while they all, or while they loved all cats, black cats held an especially important role in ancient Egyptian beliefs one that Europeans would have done well to remember before launching a crusade against these powerful allies. But more on that later. So around the year 2800 BCE, the Egyptian goddess Bastet appeared on the scene. While going through various forms of representations, she would eventually be depicted as an either um, all black cat or a woman with a black cat's head. Bastet was the daughter of Ra, the sun god, and associated with the concept of the Eye of Ra, the all-seeing eye. She was the goddess of protection, fertility, and childbirth. More specifically, she protected the home from disease and evil spirits and was strongly associated with women and children. Cults would eventually grow to worship her, and to quote the Encyclopedia Britannica, Bastet, quote, became important when the pharaohs of the 19th dynasty, 1292 to 1190 BCE, moved their capital from Thebes to the Delta, and it reached its peak of prosperity when its prince, Sheshonk, became pharaoh. The city's god was the cat-headed Bastet, whose festival was among the most revelous in Egypt." End quote. Held in the city of Bapstes, the festival was said to have attracted some 700,000 visitors every year, which based on the estimated population of Egypt being around 1.5 million, means that 46% of the total population of Egypt showed up to party in honor of the black cat. Wow, that sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I wish I was there. I want that to happen again. Yeah. <laughs> like, can we go ahead and that? create that festival now? Yeah, right? there's yes. a day. Why not? We have a day to organize it on. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Let's it do was, that. It was rowdy. Like, literally, <laughs> so everybody would be traveling yeah. down rivers on the way um, to celebrate the festival. And there were just reports and, like, all these historical records of, like, women on the boats just, like, screaming at random people that were, like, walking and working in the fields and shit. And, like, convincing people to just drop everything they're doing and, like, get on their boats and head with them. So, like, it was crazy. It was, like, a hundred mile long, like, Mardi Gras procession, like, going <laughs> to this <laughs> festival. Yeah, why don't we nuts. do that anymore? That sounds like a black cat, too, to be doing that. Like, just, like, going somewhere and then screaming at you to stop what you're doing and take care of them and go do mm-hmm. something, you know? Yes. Like, that's, it sounds exactly how it would be. Very happen. fitting. It's meowdy girl. Meowdy girl. <laughs> yes. So to add, um, to add a little side note here, I found this incredible little snippet of history that shows how far Egyptians took their love of cats. In 525 BCE, when Cambyses II of Persia invaded Egypt, he made use of the goddess to force the Egyptians to surrender. Knowing of their great love for animals, and cats especially, he and his soldiers paint the images of Bastet on their shields and then arrange all the animals they could find and drove them before the army towards the pivotal city of Pelsum. The Egyptians refused to fight for fear of harming the animals and offending Bastet, and so they surrendered. 
Wow. They just straight wow. up gave up. They gave up one of their biggest cities because they just didn't want to harm the animals that were being put between them and their opposing army. Who was the wow. the leader who brought all the cats? It was Cambyses II of Persia. Um, probably totally butchering that this name. Was a, this was a male? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And did anyone stop and say, hey, um, you shouldn't use the cats as a shield, you wuss? <laughs> um, I'm assuming they were trying to say that, but then they also had a bunch of, you know, spears and arrows and other things, and they were probably just taking all the animals from small villages, so. Yeah. The powers that be just said, no, this is happening today. But it, it also tells you, though, too, like, that era was, like, such brutal hand-to-hand -hand combat. Like, you are eye-to-eye -eye with everybody you're killing, basically, right? And even in that era, with, like, you know, Egypt wasn't exactly weak when it came to their military. <laughs> like, they were a powerhouse in the yeah. region. And even then, the people loved the animals and, like, loved the cats so much that they were, like, we're done. And just surrendered. Just insane. Yeah. amazing that's so cool yeah like just mm -hmm. to witness that like yeah i was i was half thinking i was like i'm gonna get into this i'm gonna find out egyptians weren't that obsessed with cats i'm like nope it's totally true there's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of evidence here <laughs> as it should be so there are a bunch of traditional stories of black cats actually bringing good luck and um something that i've discovered digging into this is that there's more of a historical precedent for black cats being good luck than bad luck right um, and not just in Europe, so like around the world. Well, beliefs in black cats can be found in nearly every corner of the planet. And for a majority of history, they held a particularly special place of reverence in Europe. Um, for eligible bachelorettes in England, there was a proverb that read, Whenever the cat of the house is black, the lasses of lover will have no lack. Right. <laughs> <laughs> something yeah, that's, that's an old school proverb um but like japan <laughs> was like japan was super similar they also had their own independent belief system behind black cats right where um you know if you were a single woman you were looking for a suitor there were all these like folk tales around black cats will bring you the best suitor if you have one um but black cat yeah sorry but black well, it cats worked for my wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're gonna love what you hear next. It worked for me too. <laughs> yeah, we both have black cats. And... <laughs> yeah, so romantic. Yeah, and so, they're best friends now. They yeah. are. But they're bullies too, Willow. Yeah. We're working on it. Yeah, we're trying. <laughs> so uh, black cats didn't just help you get through those long nights swiping right on medieval Tinder. Their luck continued to follow you into marriage, such as in the English Midlands. It was considered good luck to give a new bride a black cat on her wedding day, assuming she already didn't have one when she snagged Prince Charming. But what about if your hubby was a sailor? Well, for a long period of time, there was a belief that having a black cat on your ship was not only good luck and would assure a successful trip, but also the cat's behavior and the way it was treated directly affected the voyage and the seas. To quote an article from a website whose name I cannot pronounce, um, Captivisansible, I have the link in the show notes. Um, <laughs> if a ship's cat fell or was thrown overboard, it was thought that it would summon a terrible storm to sink the ship. And if the ship was able to survive, it would be cursed for nine years of bad luck. Other beliefs included if a cat licked its fur against the grain, mm -hmm. it meant a hailstorm was coming. If it sneezed, it meant rain. Oh. If it was frisky, it meant wind, which is a good thing. So basically, this all sense. comes down to keep the kitty happy. Your trip's going to be great, right? <laughs> yeah, and that makes sense. Not yeah. just for the folks that are actually sailors with this little ship cat that's, like, kicking ass and doing great for them. It also worked for the newlyweds back home. So if a black cat was kept in your home while your loved one was at sea, it would guarantee a safe return. Mm. So black cats for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Black cat's luck don't just stop at relationships and travels. The famous Maniki Nako cat, the one that you see pretty much at every Asian restaurant or store you've ever been to, the one that has like the paw up that's like waving at you, right? Um, well, when they're black, it's specifically meant to keep away stalkers and general evil and bad spirits and demons. So like I'm definitely going to be on a 
look out for that now but i yeah. had only ever thought they were in gold and then i looked it up online i was like oh shit there's like thousands of different ones with that. yeah i've only seen that one too yeah That's i think cool. i've seen a white one and a gold the white one, one yeah, yeah. Mm. um i have a stone one what it's not the like typical one but it's a cat that's doing the same thing it's made out of stone that's mm. cool. that sounds so cool i found it mm-hmm. at a thrift store hell yeah nice can't beat thrift stores uh-uh. yeah mm-hmm. well over in france there was also this long-held belief that if you released a black cat where five roads intersected then the cat would lead you straight to treasure I don't know where the hell you find five roads that intersect, <laughs> but on that rare occasion, you need to have a little black cat with you and just let it go, let it be free. Um, don't good, do this. Good to now. know that. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, back in England, if a black cat was present on the night um, that a play was opening, that it was first starting, it was actually supposed to make sure that the play had a successful long run, and basically everybody would love it and it would go on forever. Right. So, you guys should do it for the forty-eight. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, we've thought about having Binks there because he's like a adventure cat. All right, let's do it. So I've thought about Stop. having him up on stage and like, <laughs> yes. he, he's actually kind of trained to do stuff. So. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> He'd run kids. in and jump up on the little thing, Aww. knock the mic over and then run off stage. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. The little ladders and the little unicycles and stuff. Aww. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Got fire hoops and... No, <laughs> he does high five and he'll fist bump you, and then Aww. he jumps from wherever he is onto me, wherever I am. As far as the long, the farthest he's ever jumped on top of me was eight feet away. So it was wow. really impressive, super impressive. Yeah. So he's really smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, please do. <laughs> well, now I have to, right? Yeah. Okay. Now that you know this information, now yes. that this is going to be on the podcast. We're se- yeah. we're selling. Uh, advertising uh, spots on Binks's harness during the 48 hour <laughs> <laughs> um, contact the, the show itself to for more information see the show notes yes, yes, see the, the show, show notes, notes. <laughs> yes well basically uh, you know little snippets and little uh, folkloric kind of points like this are everywhere they're not just in Europe they're in Asia they're in South America they're in Australia they're all over Africa and they're just literally everywhere all throughout history um and one that keeps popping up that's almost the most prevalent one is that uh it's basically been understood that if you give a black cat the first bite of your meal every single time then they would ensure that you will be gifted with wealth good luck and prosperity so that's it that's why i'm still here <laughs> <laughs> always give them the first bite i mean this feels like a black cat wrote this and was just like yeah. <laughs> cute um, but yeah, but honestly, the amount of beliefs about why and how black cats are good luck is overwhelming. It seems like every corner of the globe has at least one reason why you should love and respect them. So this begs the question, where did it all go wrong? Well, surprisingly, it can almost be traced back to a specific date and a specific dude. On June 13th, 1233, Pope Gregory IX issued the Vox in Rama. It was a papal bull basically a public decree in it he railed against witchcraft hedonism and fears of a satanic cult that was spreading throughout germany it was all bullshit quoting now from the vox rama the whole coven was required to kiss the cats behind and once they had done this a wild sexual orgy occurred Hmm. (laughs) once the lights came back on from a dark corner the figure of a man emerges this man was Lucifer, who the whole company firmly believed have been wronged by God. As was expected of the former angel, the upper part of his body, from the hips upward, shines as brightly as the sun. However, his fall from grace encapsulated by his lower body, where his skin is coarse and covered with fur like a cat. The whole document is filled with stuff like this and filled with symbolism and bigotry towards black cats. I'm very impressed that you found that because that's hard information to find. Like, 
it really I'm very impressed with yeah. the research. <laughs> <laughs> he's so good at Thank researching. Yeah. yeah. I mean he but goes up all the guys, they have a direct phone line to God, I heard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're gonna excommunicate that Pope though. We'll see how this going on a crusade. He's probably what is he like eighty hundred now or something? Yeah. Like <laughs> I went to a public school if not, I'm not gonna math. The fact that people continue that believed like mm-hmm. what's it wrong was, with them it was constant just like symbolism everywhere like if you go to the document and you just type in like cat mm-hmm. it's gonna be like 850 times like throughout all this like ranting and raving it was all completely based on rumors it was bullshit they wanted to crack down on pagans that was it they there was still a lot of folks in a lot of different little areas um, that still held on to traditional beliefs they still were practicing you know in secret or at least not in secret from the the Christian cops that would basically run around and like <laughs> look for him and hunt him down, um, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was straight up like they were like, we're going to institutionalize the process of crusades to yeah. like hunt down pagans. That was that was basically it. I when reading that document too, um, I always look back at the idea that you know also back in that time, like women in general were an enemy of the church and so for having you know and that seems like kind of way off base but if you think about that women in general are and being themselves and trying to be their own individual person was that was a problem for the church and then cats being so flippant and like kind of also challenging their authority that was almost like a weird kind of way that they said okay well women and then also cats because we don't like Mm -hmm. them either and i also think it had something to do with the fact that women and cats seem to, i think tend to have a connection yeah but also they I, I think they didn't need the men as much as the men needed them so <laughs> they, they invented well i don't know if they invented they started using the word the witches no all of these wi- these uppity women <laughs> witches uppity women <laughs> <laughs> I'm speaking, you know, I'm not speaking for myself. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, there's, there was all throughout the world, and, like, a lot of things followed from uh, early Egyptian beliefs. Um, it Cats have always been associated with the feminine. Mm-hmm. Like, they've always been associated with the feminine. But the kitties, have, like, kitties are, like, all over the place, like, masculine energy, masculine energy, and then when they when they get older, they, they seem oh, to chill and that's yeah. cool. become more, like, mm-hmm. you know. Although yeah. I think all cats have the, the feminine energy. Well, is and then there's it... like Hecate and like all of that stuff. That like then she had like a a herd of cats that black cats I think that actually would like pull like her chariot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was the same with uh, Freya. Yeah. Freya had two black cats, two large ass black cats that That'd like. Be so cool. Yeah. What a dream. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what a dream. Yeah. So yeah, like. You know, there was this long, 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 rich um, history and these really embedded traditions all throughout Europe, right? Um, All these little nooks and, you know, crannies and hamlets and stuff like that where, like, everybody had their own unique beliefs, right, around black cats. This, this, uh, this Vox and Rama, like, pretty much started the creep of where all that started to get wiped out and you know of course a lot of it was at the stake or at the end of a blade um as this decree would grow in awareness and be adopted by european christians as the word of god so too would rumors and superstitions eventually evolve into the common stigmas around black cats today as for the most common superstition that a that it's bad luck for a black cat to cross your path well This comes mostly from the belief that a black cat may be a witch's familiar, or even the devil in disguise. This means that the black cat crossing your path may be on its way to do the devil's bidding, as opposed to it just going somewhere else to be cute and perfect. Hmm. The superstition had an interesting effect, though, or should I say a benefit, for the church. You see, while for so long black cats were understood to bring wealth and fortune to those lucky enough to be graced by their presence, now when people ran across them, they would head to the church for protection, where they would pay their local priests to bless them and hopefully remove any evil curses bestowed upon them by the cat. So, whether intentional or not, the same institution that twisted the traditional signs of prosperity into persecution began harvesting the luck and fortune rat cats would bring, but for their own ends, like 
some kind of black cat industrial complex. And if all of this isn't enough, this terrible basis would come back to bite them in their holiest of holies. There's something too important to understand here. Cats with black fur, in fact, are some of the most common types of cats that exist, meaning a large number of the world's cat population, including Europe's, are the adorable and perfect black cat. Now, sadly, due to the growing mass hatred towards black cats during the 12th century, it became common for people to murder them in mass. I'm not going to go into the details, but people had regular ceremonies and customs around which they were much worse than any imaginary claim made by the Pope. But this doesn't come without consequence. By the year 1347, after over a hundred years of constant persecution, there were far less feral felines to help handle a now booming rat population. Mm. And in October of that year, 12 ships would arrive from the Black Sea and dock in the Sicilian port Messiana. The scene on board the ship looked like it came straight out of a horror movie. Nearly all of the sailors were dead, with a few still managing to hang on to life, gravely ill, covered in black boils that were seeping pus and blood. The Black Death had officially reached Europe. Before long, Europeans would suffer from the truth the Egyptians had already understood 3,000 years earlier. Cats protect families from disease. Sadly, they never really put two and two together and would eventually intensify their hatred towards cats, thinking they were helping to spread the plague. Norway had a huge cat population, so a lot of their bubonic plague had a lot less fatalities. I think they were somewhere in the like 30% compared to most of Europe, which was in between 45 and 60%, which is crazy comparative. Yeah, so that just shows you the difference between a society that loved and protected their black cats versus ones that wanted to use them as a scapegoat for their, you know, own problems. Yeah. And, you know, while it was, um, it's pretty widely understood, it was the fleas that were carrying the plague. Um, you have to think about the fact that, like, this, this uh, messed up superstition around black cats, nobody wants to be seen owning a black cat, right? And with most of the cats that are out there, black cats that means folks are just basically killing them when they're finding them they're going out and rounding them up so even if the cats did carry fleas from with the plague on it right even if the cats were contracting the plague in some way these weren't cats that were running into people's houses right they were just going out and killing feral cats which would have done real well in creating buffer zones from the rats that were carrying the fleas from getting into the cities mm -hmm. right um, couldn't hurt, basically. <laughs> yeah. So Ships, too, were getting rid of the cats, so mm -hmm. and they weren't keeping control of the mice that were on board or the, the rats that were on board, so most of the rats were just killing everybody on the ships. Yeah. That was my first question when he was saying that the ships pulled up and all the sailors were sick, and I was like, well, man, I, wish, I bet they would have wished they would have had a black cat on board. A huge lesson from this was never learned. Uh, fast forward to North America in the late 1400s. Europeans began colonizing, killing, spreading disease, and pushing their faith on First Nations while stealing their land. It may have been a new world to them, but they kept close their old ways and old superstitions. This leads us to today. People still hold to terrible and unfair beliefs about black cats. The bias and hatred they continue to face is an absolutely disgusting tradition that is still haunting and hurting them. That's why it's our absolute honor to welcome to the show folks who are actually doing something about it. Hannah and Sean, who run Binx's Home for Black Cats, a nonprofit foster-based rescue here in Asheville, North Carolina. Hannah and Sean, thank you so much for sitting in on this episode and joining us today. Thank you for having us. I Again, I'm super impressed with all of your research skills. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, um, so... So we all obviously have like some questions for y'all. Um, and uh, well, I guess first one, I hope folks are a little bit like hyped up and I want to know uh, how can folks that don't live in this area help and support y'all through donations, through supplies, through, through whatever. We'll, we'll bring it into local, but I have to realize most of the folks don't live here in Asheville. Yeah. So um uh, there's two different ways to kind of look at this for me. Um, obviously, you can donate. That would be amazing. If you can go to our website, um, bigsnesshomeforblackcats.com, 
there's a donate button there. You can do monthly donations or you can donate one time. Um, all of that goes, any donations that are made 100% goes straight back to the black cats and the care, you know, and caring for them and the rescue. Um, so that's buying food, litter, supplies. Another thing too is some people feel weird about like sending money to people they don't know. So we do have an Amazon wish list of different supplies that we need and we use regularly. If you want to go to our website, it's also on the very first landing page. You can click on that and you can send them treats, um, food, litter, medication, um, blankets, cat beds, yeah. toys, whatever you'd like. And then um, the other side of that, though, is I would say take care of the black cats in your community because... Mm -hmm it we're here in Nashville and we can take care of the ones that are here in Western North Carolina, but we can't go and take care of the ones in California or take care of the ones in Texas, you know, and there's only three other black cat rescues in the entire U S. So there's a lot of communities where black cats are not being cared for. Um, and in those communities, you will find shelters that may be high kill shelters, but mm. they need our help and they need, they're overrun with an overpopulation of black cats and going and helping them by fostering, um, by, you know, asking what they need, giving them supplies, adopting black cats, just helping in your own community is really another really great way of doing that. And no, you're not necessarily helping us in particular, but in by helping black cats in your community, you are helping our mission. Yeah. And great mission. <clears throat> Yeah, I have um, my black cat. He's the sweetest and like most patient, like loving, sweetest angel. And I found out when I adopted him that he had been returned twice because he was a black cat. Those stories are so common too. Like we've had, we had a cat one time that got returned, um, not because they were a black cat. They adopted him from us, and then um, they said he meowed too much. Like, oh, my God. Just like, you <laughs> okay. know. Wow. Like, wow. So people return animals for, oh like, people, I think people return animals for good reasons. Like, mm -hmm. you adopt a cat, you have a cat at home, maybe, and that cat is really aggressive towards your cat that you've had for 18 years. Of course, don't mm. bring this you know, yeah. your other cat, yeah. bring the cat back and say it's not working out. But yeah. there's also like really dumb reasons, like because they're black. It's like, well, yeah. you do that. So, mm -hmm. wow. Yeah. yeah. The nerve. <laughs> the nerve. How did it start? What what got y'all doing this? Yeah, what what inspired you to yeah. start this? Um, so I have always had an affinity to, towards black cats. Um, I was raised by my grandmother, who is a full-blood Eastern man, Cherokee Indian woman, and she doesn't listen to anyone or anything. And <laughs> she raised me to be the exact same. Hell yeah. And one of the things that I think really resonated with me with cats in general was that they don't listen to anybody else either. Mm -hmm. They have their own way of doing things. And if you don't deserve their respect or they don't think you do, they don't give it to you. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things my grandmother used to tell me is like, you know, don't trust someone, D distrust them first. They can earn your trust, but like, you're not supposed to just give someone respect. You're not supposed to just give someone trust. They have to earn that with you. And it's kind of the opposite of how people talk today. Mm. But in doing that and growing up with her, learning about all the different types of animals and being so close with nature in our culture, I really resonated with cats in general. And then black cats started, um, really becoming a part of my life when I was a teenager. And um, I, I've always had a black cat, even when I was a kid. But as a teenager, you know, I was bullied on, I was picked on a lot, you know, and I started realizing that black cats also had that same thing. You know, you talked about they were discriminated against, they're mm -hmm. killed, murdered. Um, I When I was a kid, I had a black cat that when I was 13, actually, great number um <laughs> but i was 13 and i had a black cat and my grandmother was always like reluctant to let the cat out um around halloween because mm -hmm. she said something might happen Aww. and sure enough uh the cat got out one day and uh i ended up finding them and they had been murdered by somebody so oh it kind of became a thing where after that my grandmother was like of course we learned 
always keep your cats in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's one thing that we are use as part of our mission is like, you know, if you adopt a cat from us, they have to stay in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, but I became really like with that firsthand knowledge, I got to see like how people treat black cats and that mm-hmm. there are so many people in this world that get treated very similarly. Yep. Um, and I felt like that instead of using black cats as a scapegoat, if we could try to connect with them, maybe they could teach us a lot about ourselves and about ways that we can help other, you know, communities that need that are kind of being thrown under the rug and treated mm-hmm. that way. So I've always been, you know, really fond of black cats. And then I just kind of realized that as I was growing up, everything that they had gone through were things that I was going through. And so I was always able to connect on that really deep level with any black cat that I had. Mm-hmm. So then uh, 2020 hit and then COVID hit and I lost <laughs> my job. And I was like, what is something that I love more than anything in this world and something that I could actually do? Yes, you, Sean. But also... You don't have to who is dressed me. like a black cat. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to talk about me, honey. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I have been fostering black cats because, like I said earlier, one of the things you can do to help the black cat population is to foster. Yeah. And so I'd always fostered black cats as an adult through different shelters and rescues. And then we were actually fostering a group of black kittens um, when COVID hit. And um, that's when we just decided that, you know, hey, I'm, I'm going to see if I can turn this into something. Maybe I can help in a much larger scale than what I've been doing. So awesome. And why mm-hmm. the name Binks? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's named after the Hocus Pocus movie. Cat base. So, yeah. Which there's but apparently a new one coming do you out. Have, and I'm so excited. You mean you don't yes. have a cat named Binks? Yeah. Well, yeah. So <laughs> Binks was named Binks Piwacket is my cat. He's my soul cat. He was and named after the rescue. He was. Well, no. He was named before the rescue. <laughs> but I named him Binks after the cat in Hocus Pocus. And then also there's um, a cat named Piwacket in an old. Um, uh, I think it's like a play about witches. I think it's mm-hmm. called the the bell, the book, and the candle. Mm-hmm. And there's a black cat who's a demon cat, and her name is Piwacket, and she like just oh, causes mayhem, and it's awesome. Play? You said it's a book. It's a play. You should do that one. Yeah. <laughs> I should read it first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Equipment to do an audio play. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So Binks, I started. I named it after Binks because. Um, when we would foster kittens and after their quarantine period and i knew they were all healthy and everything binks was just like he relentless as far as like i want to cuddle the kittens and he's this big like 13 12 pound black panther you know like so getting around these kittens he was always like hey and he would just like lay there and lay on top of them and like just cuddle (laughs) with them and so seeing him be so open and loving towards these kittens really inspired me to name it after him so that it would be Binks's home for black cats and he could share mm. his all his love that he has. Aww. That's yeah. so yeah. beautiful. You still have Binks and he's like your boy. Oh yeah, I still have right. Binks. Yeah. Binks just turned five. So yeah. Oh, that's like Salem. Oh. Yeah, he's also like a big old panther yeah. baby. Yes. He's so sweet. So They're just I... the best. Back when I met Hannah, she had a gray cat that was that came to her like in the middle of the winter. Yeah. Just curled mm-hmm. up and about to uh, die and Hannah took mm-hmm. and asked for Hannah's help and Hannah took him in and then w- we met in that time. And mm-hmm. that's what that's what this is, right? Yeah, I had church. He was my gray cat, which I think gray cats are awesome as well. Cats <laughs> in general are just amazing that's that true. um yeah, Did church you name was him after the cat in Pet Cemetery. Yes, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, because he looked just like him when oh I saw God, him on my front cool. porch. Oh my god, that's cool. But he was, he was, it was a, a rough time for church. But I had him for about a year after I rescued him, and then when he passed away, um, we went and got Bodie and we got Binks. Bodie. Well, we got Bodie first, mm-hmm. and Bodie was intended to to be your cat, but Bodie's a long haired male. Yeah. And Bodhi instead latched onto me. Yes. Mm. Yeah. And then, so I, we, we had to, we got Binks 
shortly after that. Yeah, I think we got Bodhi in January and then Binks in like August. Yeah. But yeah. But, yeah, then Binks latched on to Hannah. And I fostered Binks from Asheville Humane Society because he was and really s- sick when I first got him. Bodhi's a huge, what is he, like 30 pounds? <laughs> <laughs> Long hair, black. He's, Bodie's like, a boat. He's probably <laughs> eighteen pounds. He like big, he's huge. He wow. oh, and he's, he's not fur. like. I swear he's not like overweight. Because when you look, when you go to the vet office, they have like that chart that's like chunky, chunky. not chunky. <laughs> yeah. You know? And it's not like when you look above, like he's not like bleh, you know. He's pretty like whatever yeah. but from the side and you see him and you're just like jesus like what kind of <laughs> are you like first. half jungle cat like why are you so big <laughs> yeah you have to send those pictures so we can post them online yes. <laughs> is, i will know, the, all the promo for this episode is just gonna be cat pics yeah That's all it's gonna be plenty of them so <laughs> following along with the black cat report in our special episode on the luck and myths of the black cat with special guests hannah and sean from binks's home for black cats please go to their website and help out our most beloved black cats of Asheville. also remember to review like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts now back to the casting of the pod Uh, do you have any fun facts about black cats that you want to yeah. share with people? Yeah. So um, one of the things that I've been following is, um, so, okay, backtrack a little bit. So background on me, I'm actually, um, I have a, I'm finishing up my degree in zoology at UNCA. Nice. Um, so I love biology. I love genetics. I love all that stuff. And you're looking at me like you're like I know what she's gonna say. I think I do. I think um, I do. But I so, <laughs> one of the things that I've been following um, for the last couple of years, last four or five years, is um, uh, studies on cat behavior relating to their fur color. And in the last, you know, however many years, um, it was never thought that black fur or any type of like fur color or pattern had anything to do with a cat's personality. But recently, I think it was in like 2019, I want to say, um, there was a new uh, study that came out that indicated that black cats have a more, a, or I'm sorry, a less extreme personality range. Huh. So they typically are not over cuddly or over in your face or over aloof or like, you know, um, they usually have less extreme personality types. So they kind of end up accidentally putting themselves in that more like mysterious <laughs> category because they're kind of just like willows in the wind and they're just like, I'll just do whatever, I guess. Nice. Um, and so I thought that was really cool. That's all anecdotal evidence that they wrote about. But, um, you know, they're still looking at like genetic testing to see if that's really what happens. But I thought it was cool that that was even like looked at as being, you know, that's the first study that they've said, hey, actually, this might have some, um, you know, basis in fact. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. And I have another fun fact for you. Oh, okay. I thought this was the one that you're going for. Okay. So, like, I let me hear know. It. Let me know if you know this. So, uh, black cats can resist disease. Yes. 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 Uh, and there's there's a direct benefit. Again, blackheads have only ever benefited humans. Um, but yeah, so to quote from an article, um, which I'll have the link to in the show notes, uh, researchers at the National Institute of Health discovered that the genetic mutations that cause cats to have black coats may offer them some protection from diseases. In fact, the mutations affect the same genes that offer HIV resistance to humans. Mm -hmm. Since cats can experience many of the same health issues as we do, cancer, HIV, and Alzheimer's, to name just a few, they make perfect models for studying human disease. By figuring out how cats have evolved to resist diseases, researchers can potentially learn how to prevent diseases in humans as well. Yes. Whoa. Thanks to the black cat. That's right. That's so awesome. Specifically with cats, they get something they can get something called FELV, which mm-hmm. is like a human HIV. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they do have, especially black cats, have an ability to fight that off and make that virus go dormant and also to completely eradicate it. So I was reading about that 
too and that's like one of the coolest things it's so sick it's so sick that's so interesting i love that they've been uh studying it since it was first announced in like 2003 so Mm -hmm. like uh, whatever they're finding they're still going with the research on it so like there is something here yeah just so cool yeah Yeah. i mean for them to continue getting funding for this long Mm -hmm. there's got to be something that's indicative of that they could have the key to help us with a lot of things yeah cats are amazing like i i just we always have this argument with one of our friends that she doesn't really like cats and it's mainly because cats are very independent and they have their own personality but that like to me that's the beauty of it because you're building a relationship it's Mm -hmm. not just like easy oh i like you you like me no you're building trust you're building a relationship and i feel like people are lazy about that yeah Mm -hmm. yeah I do think I totally agree with you. I think that people, I mean, personally, I think that anybody that doesn't like cats just hasn't met one. Um, Yeah. I think that people, it's very easy to just be like, oh, I don't like cats. Like you grew up and your dad didn't like cats and your your mom didn't like cats. And so you're like, oh, I don't like cats. Um, Just like with, you know, the Pope saying, oh, black cats are evil. And everyone's like, yeah, black cats are evil. You know, it's kind of the same thing you can hit them with all these facts and all these findings and everything but that superstition is going to reign true in their mind so that's my personal belief on it of that that's what happens with people that say that but i do think that with a cat it's that give and take you don't they don't just trust you or 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 love you or respect you because you're there you have to earn it and like i love that process with a cat i love bringing in a new cat into the rescue, getting to know them, figuring out what makes them tick, what makes them angry, what they like, what they don't like, their favorite foods, and then gaining trust with them. And it's like, it's just such a wonderful process to realize that, you know, at the end of the day that maybe this, you know, this cat didn't like you at first, or maybe Mm -hmm. this cat Mm -hmm. thought that you smelled weird, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but but you guys are besties now, you know? (laughs) Yeah. We're actually going through that with our cat. Um, he's a senior kitty and I don't know the, the past few months he started this thing where he's just, um, yelling. He's yelling. Yeah. At five, six in the morning. And, um, we, tried everything you know because a lot of um well we don't know exactly but maybe 15 13 to 15 yeah Yeah. so we read a lot of stuff like uh, he could have dementia you know where he just forgets where he is uh or his vision's not as good so we started leaving like a a a light for him Mm -hmm. um so we try a few things and the only thing that has worked is just that we are actually just listening to him and waking up with him and honestly like it's been good for me that i'm waking up early because first of all i have so many things to do right Uh, but i actually feel better to wake up with him and just go on a routine with him and he just really wants attention and he just wants us to be awake and pet him and love him which is awesome (laughs) because we love loving him Mm -hmm. uh but it's been so good to me so it's like we just listen to him Uh, well not you (laughs) I mean, I was the first one waking up with them. Too, yeah, but you so. go back to bed. Yeah, now I go back to bed, yeah. Because <laughs> when we go, because we were like waking up and just doing that, but then we would go back to bed and then we just felt really crappy because your sleep cycle just kind of gets all messed up. Yeah. So I just like, you know, I'm just going to be awake and do my thing. And uh, it's been actually great. So I'm like, thank you, Bon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, cats being crepuscular animals and like being active at dawn and, you know, at dusk is kind of crazy. What, is that, what does that mean? They have... Um, They're active at dawn and dusk. <laughs> That's what that means. Got it. <laughs> but it's not... It's not... Um, doesn't usually match up with, like, the way we like to live our lives. But, I mean, I really enjoy it sometimes, like what you were saying. Sometimes I feel like Bodie does the same thing and he'll, like, yell for a while and then you get up and you're like, all right, well those are sometimes the best times that you can sit and just like be with Bodhi or be with your kitty mm-hmm. and like rub them. And, um, I, I love having that like early morning cuddle session. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I have to go to work, I'm trying to put my shoes on and Willow will like be rubbing up against my shoes, like getting my shoelaces, <laughs> like trying to stop me from going. She'll jump <laughs> on my lap. 
or if I go out into the rest of the house, then it's Salem that's doing that. He's playing with my shoelaces. He's like sitting on my feet. He's trying to like get my attention. They're like, don't go to work. (laughs) I don't want to go to work. (laughs) I love that. But yeah, I give them all the love when they're doing that. Like, I'll be a little late. Data. So my my black cat, Data. Um, That's a cool name. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Named after the Star Trek uh, character. That and I, I'm the. I do a lot of data entry for work, so you know I love Got that. It. <laughs> it was, yeah, it's a both. It was both. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Star Trek, I'm a Trekkie, but then also I was like, it's just the perfect name. Yeah, <laughs> I love data, and I love data, and then I always have a perfect excuse of I'm just working with data. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, he um, has always been like wild. Like he came from like a feral family. He was like found on a farm underneath somebody's porch. Never had a hard day in his life. I think he was, like, two and a half, three weeks old when, like, uh, the daughter of the farmer, who was, like, six, found him underneath the porch. And Mama was nowhere, you know? Um, And so he just went from a little girl that was, like, completely obsessed with him to me, who's completely obsessed with him, (laughs) (laughs) you know? But he still has that wild streak. Um, Mm -hmm. And, like, so when he wants my attention, he'll totally have his little chill moments where he'll just be like... You know, and just, like, yeah. walk up and stuff like that. Or if I'm outside on my back porch smoking a cigarette, he will just run full speed through the house and body slam the screen door. <laughs> like, the amount of times in a month that I have to fix the screen on the door because he just straight up... <laughs> just Spider-Man's onto it, and rips the netting screaming. down. <laughs> and he's just like... <laughs> you open the door and he's, like, four feet off the ground and he's just like... <laughs> and I'm like, come on, dude, I'm coming in. I'm like, I just finished my cigarette. And then I'm like, Wah. and then I'll just walk away. Like, he mm-hmm. won't even hang out in the same room as me. What? But the second I go outside, he's just like, what are you doing, mom? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, oh, my God. It's yeah. A Binks does that with me. Anytime I go out on the front porch, I just hear, like, scratching Aww. on the door. And I'm like, what? In, uh, the first couple of times it happened, I was like, what is that? You know? And then, like. I started being like, okay, and I'm trying to find it. And then I looked through, our door has like a giant window on it. So I like started, like we pulled the curtain aside and then I'd look and I just see these little like yellow eyes. Like right there, you know, and he's like, hey, what are you doing? Are you coming back? <laughs> I feel so bad for him. Now I'm always like, Shh, it's okay. I'm fine. I'm going to come right back in. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> but are you though? I just have to yell at and just be like, bro, it's been five seconds. I've been out here for five. You were in the closet sleeping when I came out here. You're only at the door screaming because you heard the door open. And I'm going to go inside and you're just going to go back to the closet and ignore me. Mm-hmm. He's just like, I just want to be able to see you. Like, yep. Aw, cuties. He's a little babe. One thing I would like to share is, so we started um, the rescue in November of 2020. Mm-hmm. And um, to date, we have rescued 169 black cats and kittens. Wow. So, so awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's like a huge amount. Um, so awesome. I'm really, really excited about it. So That's amazing. so cool. It's been, really, yeah. it's been a wonderful run. And the, since we've started the rescue and the amount of people that have come together over black cats and over their love and respect for them, it's so astounding i didn't i mean i knew that we all existed right but Mm -hmm. like prior to that like you were saying most people like didn't really want to own a black cat Mm -hmm. they didn't you know they would even try to adopt other colored cats instead of black cats and so being like hey i really love black cats and these are the reasons and also i'd really like to rescue them and save them and you know have help with like the discrimination that they're facing mm-hmm. on a regular basis and having all these people being like, yeah, us too. I mean, we started our TikTok like a year ago or something and we have like 40,000 followers nice. and like, people that just said, you know, yeah, oh my gosh, we love black cats too. I have a black cat and Aww. his name is Banks or his name is Salem or, you know, yeah, it's just been really cool to create the community that, um, you know, we wanted to, cause that was like our whole mission is to create a community that loves and protects black cats. And here we are. Wow. 
One of one of Binks's TikToks has over two million views, doesn't it? What? Yeah, he's popular. Yeah. Oh my God. Wow. It's been it's been wow, a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Wealth and prosperity, yo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and all I so yeah, cool. and it's been because of Black Cats that they have been able to empower me and Sean to do better for them, you know, that's but so also cool. to do better for ourselves and to be better people and to you know be able to follow through with all the things that we want to do for them. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially the fact that people still don't know the history behind them and so many people I mean, especially in Mexico, there's so many people that still believe that blackheads are bad luck mm -hmm. and yeah. it's just because people are not educated. So we need more people that can put this out there for people to listen and learn, um, so we can stop that stupid thing that this Pope guy yeah. did. <laughs> Well, I think we need to go back to what the pirates believed in. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely, yeah. yes. So yeah. The pirates, you said that if, if, a, if a cat uh, was lost overboard or thrown overboard, there mm -hmm. would be, what, nine years of bad luck, I think mm -hmm. you said. <laughs> and so there would be the, the bad luck was tied to the, the, it was around the cat, but it was only if you disrespected the cat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't the cat was bad luck. It was bad luck to cross a black cat or to disrespect, not give them, mm -hmm. not make sure that they are okay on the, the, the on the ship. Yeah. And then when they get to land as well, so we need to go back to that. Yes, yeah. I agree. Like, literally, the, like the meaning of cross someone. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Not crossing your path. Totally cool. Y'all are just doing your own business, but like crossing one in a negative way, like messing with it. It's yeah. Gonna come back to fuck you up, e.g. the plague. So, yeah. like, going back to what you were saying about the plague, I was reading something about that, uh, the, like what you were saying, that the cities that had cats in it mm -hmm. were the ones that didn't have as high of, you know, fatality rates, but also the cities that had more black cats in particular um, had the lowest fatality rates. And I think the reason for that is very practical that black cats are more successful hunters because they can kind of hide in the shadows and yeah. rats don't really have the best eyesight so yeah. there you go. they can eat them you know yeah. but yeah, legs are really small <laughs> yeah <laughs> and there i i mean i don't it would be really interesting to the, see if there's any science behind this but like they're resistant to a cat version of hiv mm -hmm. you know like what's to say that that same resistance that's being studied now doesn't also cross over into the various different types of plagues that went through Europe. Yeah. You know, like it, if, if it's, if it's uh, effective enough to help with HIV, yeah. <laughs> it might help with some of these other things that are out there. And that's totally just a guess. I haven't seen or researched anything about that, but yeah. like it all kind of tracks. Yeah. Mind, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, um, and also on that line too, like, so Binks, my, my boy Binks is mm -hmm. amazing, um, but he actually has FELD and Aww. he um, contracted it as an adult, um, even against all the odds. Mm -hmm. But um, on that note, though, one of the things that we like to try to push is cats that have FELV and FIV. Those are cats that still need homes and still need love okay. and still need respect and still need to be seen. Yeah. And... You know, just because they have these diseases doesn't mean that they're not worthy of all that love and respect. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. just wanted to like put that out there too. Um, My first cat had FIV. Um, he got it when he was like starting to become like an adult kitty. Like he was probably around like three. And yeah, he lived until um, he was 11 and he passed away of nasal cancer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's awesome though that you like loved him and you know gave him that life and that home that he would have probably not ever had yeah he was such a loving like he was an angel I love him his name is Charlie Charlie mm -hmm. oh. well and the good thing too is like with the statistics wise for black cats um, mm -hmm. adoption rates have been going up over the last couple of years so nice. they are getting to the point where their, the adoption rates for black cats are around the same as like another colored cat, not like a white cat or anything, but mm -hmm. like an orange cat, a tabby cat, you mm -hmm. know, um, 
it's about the same but combine the like kind of okay adoption rates with the fact that there's just more black cats in the world and mm -hmm. more black cats go into shelters and then you mm -hmm. run into what we have a problem with which is the high euthanasia rates of yeah. black mm -hmm. cats um and uh there's a most recent study that i saw from 2021 um, stated that black cats going into one specific shelter in New York had a 73% chance of getting euthanized. Um, in the United States, black cats make up about 40% of the euthanasia procedures that happen each year. So black animals in general, black yeah. dogs and cats, make up 60 to 70% of the euthanasia uh, procedures mm -hmm. that happen. So. In mind with the fact that we're in North Carolina, which is the number three highest state for euthanasias in shelter animals, mm. it's this is a good place for us to be. So the, your first statistic is confusing to me. You said that seventy-three percent of going into one specific so shelter, they have a seventy-three percent chance of being euthanized. Mm -hmm. What about all the other the other cats? What is their chance of being euthanized? Going into that one specific shelter. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to look back at that. I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's low. No, this is of all of the, so 100 black cats get put into there, 73 of them are going to be euthanized. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 100 uh, orange cats, what do you call those things? Uh, tabbies. Yeah, orange tabbies. Garfields come in. Yeah. How many of them are, are likely to be? It's I less than 73, is that? Yeah, I believe that it was around 36%. Holy so it's God. it's a huge, it's almost 40%, 40 yeah. or I mean, it's 40 points away. Like, it's it's a huge yeah. difference. So, like, and then having black animals in general across the U.S., and that was just in one shelter, you know, mm -hmm. one shelter that decided to participate in this five-year study. So it's God just, damn. you know, if, if you take that and then, multiply it times the fact that they were in New York, which is a state that has pretty low euthanasia rates actually, and then put that in a state like North Carolina mm -hmm. where us and the other like four high states end up making like a, a, I think we make like a third up of all the euthanasia rates that happen, or all the euthanasias that happen in the US each year. And we're in one of the hotbed regions of superstition yeah. around black cats. Yeah. So I can't so, imagine it's... Yeah. Yeah. Nothing, it, nothing really seems to like help it, you know, it's, yeah. it, it all kind of works together to well, create high euthanasia rates. Well, y'all are helping it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. like y'all are helping this. And I um, actually kind of to, to, if I can track back just a little bit towards the, towards the beginning. Yeah. Um, uh, so you mentioned folks helping out in their own areas and stuff. Um, what if somebody wants to start something similar in their area? Do you have any advice and can they reach out to you? Yeah, so there there's only a couple of black cat rescues in the in all of the US. Um, there are a few in Canada. Um, the biggest thing with starting a rescue is making sure that you have the right people around you. So make sure that you're not just deciding like on a whim, like, oh, this is what I wanna do. You need to have a good understanding of the like shelter and rescue laws for your state okay. and the guidelines the animal welfare act is um you know something that is assigned by state as well um, but look at the animal welfare act for your state and what that says um and just make sure that you have the feasibility to be able to do that and then also signing up uh, with the irs and you have to you know file with the secretary of state um, and then file as a 501c3 nonprofit in order to be able to get donations um are you giving legal advice <laughs> no, <laughs> but all those things are things that you know. I think that you should like. None obviously... of this to be considered legal advice. <laughs> Please consult with your own attorney. <laughs> yes, do consult with an attorney for entertainment purposes yes. only, <laughs> and also with like shelter managers in your area, because mm -hmm. a lot of times it's actually you know, a lot of times what I have found is that it's actually more helpful if you just go to an established shelter or rescue and say, "How can I help you?" Um, putting all of the time and effort that like I have into like a lot of my days, I wish that I could spend a majority of the days just taking care of the cats. Mm -hmm. But a lot of it ends up being like me on the computer, me trying to do social media, me trying to send out fundraising posts, me trying to send out emails to people, me trying to follow up with adoptions. Um, and I wish that I would be able to spend more time just being like where I wanted to be, which is right next to all the cats and just oh. doing what they need. You have volunteers though. 
Absolutely, yeah. And we do have volunteers that help me to do that. But um, I would suggest oh. that if you're going to go and start something, go and talk to a local shelter and say, what do you need from me? Where do I get started? How can I help you? Where is the help most needed? Mm -hmm. And if most of them, like what happened with me, if you go and say, I want to create a rescue just to help black cats, they're going to be like, awesome. <laughs> this is everything you need. Oh. Let us help you. Here are 75 black cats. I'm just yeah. That never happened. Okay. Dream come true. <laughs> but they will, they will call you when they have Absolutely. cats that they're going to put down. And then Hannah will find find a room at a fosters or find a new foster and post and said we need more people to foster these cats and basically what that means is the foster takes care of them and then the the rescue pays for all the vet bills you know that's kind of the basic idea of a foster arrangement mm -hmm. you keep them at the house and, and uh, scoop the poop and, and feed them as well <laughs> And then and get loved and give on. them love. Well, yes, there's a <laughs> yeah. lot more that we get from the cats that that, that we're not even talking about. Yeah. yeah, you know, like identity and you know comfort sure. and you know, self worth. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, For sure. And and, and a, a constant physical affection. Yeah. Which is good. How can people support you? And uh, how can people follow what you're doing? Yeah. So if you're within 45 minutes to an hour of Asheville, North Carolina, you can absolutely foster with us. If you have awesome. a spare bedroom, even a large walk-in closet is good. Yeah. That is better than being dead or being in a kennel at a shelter. Yeah. Um, if you can foster, fostering saves lives. I always say adoption is wonderful, but fostering saves lives. It does um, because a foster you might not be ready to adopt or somebody else the adopter might not have been able to find that black cat yet but if i get a phone call from the shelter that says hey this black cat's dying tonight mm -hmm. i'm going to be over there to go get it and then a foster is what's going to be there to save that black cat's life yeah so fostering saves lives if you're within an hour of Asheville, you can totally foster with us we will cover um kittens we cover all litter and food and we cover all medical um, procedures and everything that's needed all vet care for any of the cats that um, are fosters so you don't have to cover any of that um, if you can foster do it if you're outside of Asheville call your local shelter ask them hey you have any black cats that you need me to foster <laughs> do you have any black kittens that came in do you have a mom mm. with kittens that came in that need help um, or you can even just go as far as I do and say um, who's on the chopping block who's next yeah. Who do you really need me to take? Who am I gonna, whose life can I save today? And they will tell you, this is the one that we've had for a year and a half that keeps getting returned. Mm -hmm. Or this is the one that has diabetes and nobody wants to adopt him because they can't afford the insulin. Or this is the one that, you know, was previously feral and that they need a little bit of socialization. And those are the ones that you can really make a difference with. And you might not be able to save them all, but if you can save that one, there you go. So mm -hmm. as far as connecting with you on the internet. Yeah, and then connecting with me on the internet <laughs> if you want to follow us. Um, we are on TikTok, Pinks is Home for Black Cats. And we're on Instagram, Facebook, and we just started a YouTube channel as well. Yeah. Um, so it's all under uh, Minks is Home for Black Cats, except for the YouTube channel is actually under um, my uh, channel, Mama Panther is the name of it. <laughs> so, and it's pretty much just like, you know, learning what it's like to be running a black cat rescue and so meeting cool. all the kitties and seeing what's needed and what we do and um going from there so but yeah the we're everywhere TikTok, you're hannah's kind of a pro with with making funny cat videos and those are all <laughs> on TikTok, and then some are shared to facebook and Inst you know instagram you can't really share but yeah TikTok, there's a you could you could uh, spend the whole evening there and not get to the end of the list. Yeah, that's so true. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, Love so. just funny cat videos. Yeah, and, so and, definitely like you know well, if not, you're wanting to yeah. follow us for funny cat videos, that's the place to go. <laughs> yeah, but you also you also have your you have TikToks of you rescuing cats. Or yeah, like, you know bios of cats. And, yeah, I think our the YouTube of... is planning that I want for that to be more educational than anything. I would like to have conversations like this on the YouTube where. I'm like talking about statistics, talking about, yeah. you know, how it is, where we get our cats from, um, what happens in a, sh in a shelter pole, um, mm. 
what happens when we're TNRing a black cat colony, um, stuff like that. So that's going to be more of like educational if you're interested in it. And then um, the TikTok is all the fun black cat videos. I love that. <laughs> that's amazing. Thanks. And yeah. all these links and anything they send us uh, after the show will be in the show notes. And I think literally anywhere you're listening to this. So you can find it. You can support. Again, remember the most critical advice, you know, take care of those at home before you start trying to go across the country. All right. Black cats are everywhere. Uh, they're most places. Um, and uh, they're going to be in your neighborhoods. They're going to need love. And you just got an awesome breakdown about how to provide that and how to help. Thank you for listening to the Black Cat Report and our episode on the myths and the actual good luck of the black cat. We were featuring Binx's Home for Black Cats, which you can find them online and on Instagram and on TikTok. You can also follow us on Instagram, and please always remember to like, review, and subscribe on wherever you get your podcasts. Stay tuned next week and follow the phenomenon as we go into the phantom social workers. See you on the other side.